Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to ESPN 970 AM. I'm Dale Lally sitting in today for Adam Crowley. I'm out at the RMU Island Sports Complex where uh, Robert Morris Colonials take on Air Force tonight. Uh, you always have to watch for Air Force to strike. You never know when that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, Robert Morris, of course, uh, they have a big uh, series here. This is their final uh, series of the year, regular season, I should say, in the AHC. And, uh, of course, uh, Robert Morris and Air Force met in the AFC Conference Championship uh, in the tournament last year with Air Force coming away with the uh, championship in that matchup. And, of course, this will be the uh, the Colonials' first chance to kind of uh, get back a uh, little bit of revenge uh, on pan here for tonight. And uh, also, this this game still has some meaning in the standing, so we'll see uh, how that works out for Robert Morris tonight. Uh, if they win both of these games, they can possibly uh, get themselves in a situation where they don't have to uh, travel for the opening round of the playoffs, which start uh, March 2nd. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Pirates opened up their spring training schedule today against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We have Lance Lysowski on the line from uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports to talk about that big game. Lance, how you doing? Doing well, Dale. Happy afternoon. I did not expect to come on and hear you talking about college hockey, but hey. hey we, we do it all, you know. We do it all. I've been talking hockey pretty much the whole first hour with the Penguins making uh, making some uh, some moves there today. But also, the Pirates have been making moves this week. Yeah, they have. Uh Signs, uh, what? They signed one outfielder, traded for two others. The one they did sign's already gone. Michael Saunders, they, they released him. He's already signed with the Royals. But Corey Dickerson's the one that matters. Uh, he's going to be the starting left fielder, all-star for the Rays last year. 27 home runs. Was bad in the second half of last season. But, I mean, they got him. They only traded Daniel Hudson, a, a minor league shortstop, who was a 13th-round pick last year, in a million bucks for a guy who brings power to left field. I'm not sure how he'll play defensively at PNC Park, but... If you're going to go for a bounce-back candidate, I think that someone like Dickerson is a better fit rather than rolling the dice on Bryce Brent, who they acquired from the Red Sox earlier this week, or or Michael Saunders, who they already cut. Yeah, I mean, this this seems to be a move, and you kind of uh, put this out there earlier in the week that this was a guy that they should probably go after if they're going to, if they were going to make the moves that they were going to make and try to get a real left fielder. Yeah, with the way the market was, or really at this point, you know hard to uh, in spring train there weren't many teams still looking for an outfielder the rays are desperate they want to just sell off all the remaining bigger contracts they have dickerson's not making that much money uh under six million dollars this year arbitration eligible next off season then he becomes a free agent following the 2019 season so pirates didn't have to give up much it's dumped daniel hudson's contract he might not even made the opening day roster uh sprained his ankle before spring training even began and he only threw i think one bullpen session before the trade so that's dealing from an area of of depth and uh now this fills a pretty big need now adam frazier can go to the bench sean Rodriguez is on the bench so really this i mean neil huntington said it on thursday night this might be the best bench the pirates have had since clint hurdles became manager but of course that will change if Josh Harrison also gets traded. Well, it's interesting as well in their first game today. Austin Meadows goes out and goes three for three. Uh, the Pirates only had five hits in the game against the race today in a 6-3 loss. But Meadows uh, looked like the the hot prospect that uh, we've been hearing about. Yeah, uh, really injury-shortened season last year. Dealt with injuries in the second half of 2016. And 
Talked to him last month down in Bradenton, and he completely revamped his workout regimen, got a new trainer. And you hear that from guys every offseason. You oh, never yeah, know if it's going to translate. Yeah. I, but, I gained um, weight or I lost weight or I did exactly. this or I did that. I mean, that's that's the norm. Yeah, of course, people, then you, you kind of say, okay, we'll wait and see. And, hey, first game, they wasn't facing the best pitchers, but, you know, he did better than all the proven major leaguers on the roster. You know, a couple of big hits, a double to right center in, in the uh, second inning to give them a run. So, I mean, he's going to start the season in AAA. They're going to let him get as many at-bats as they can. And right now, they don't need Austin Meadows to be ready. That's a pretty good situation for the Pirates. And Dickerson, if, if that works out, even if it works out, if it doesn't work out, they can cut bait from him at the end of 2018 and have Meadows for 2019. So they have options. But, I mean, this is a guy who was so good in AA Altoona the first half of 2016. So I guess the Pirates are just waiting to see if he ever returns to that form. Speaking of returning to form, do we see anything like that from the other two outfielders this year, Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, uh, both with such high expectations, and, and we saw flashes, uh, more so with Marte. I think we've seen what Marte can be when he's going right. With, with Polanco, we've seen flashes here or there. But, you know, a couple of years ago, Marte was a very consistent hitter, and then last year with the suspension and everything else that went on, we didn't see anything close to, to Marte's full ability yeah i mean it's like 80 games will have that effect and even before the suspension those 14 games that he knew that what was coming down he knew he was going to be suspended so he was even bad defensively considering how good he is typically so and Marte was really good in september last season you know he, he he showed that the bat was starting to come around he was still stealing bases before then the defense was good i think now being in center field without having to replace you know without andrew mccutcheon moving to right field it's it's Marte's job so I think that the, the Pirates like what they saw out of him in the Dominican Winter League. I think he'll be good, Dale. I don't think there's really that much to, to worry about. I think they know what they're going to get. But Gregory Plunk is the big question mark. I mean, it's, it's not just the health. It's Is he going to ever reach his potential? Because even when he's on the field, the bat hasn't played the way you expect it to. 22 home runs in 2016, but you know, he tried to chase more power, so he completely changed his workout regimen going into last season, focused way too much on upper body workouts to try to hit 40 home runs. Now, with all the changes he's made, it's it's time to see what he can do because the Pirates, with the trades they made this offseason, they got some young outfielders in the system, Brian Reynolds, Jason Martin, guys that are not only insurance for Austin Meadows, but they're insurance for Gregory Polanco over the next couple of years to see if, hey, if he doesn't pan out, even Gregory Polanco said it himself, he'll be gone. Yeah, and Polanco's a guy that, because of the way he plays defense, which is often looks a lot like Manny Ramirez out there trying to uh, <laughs> to feel balls. Um, he has to hit. I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's just a, a below-average defender overall. Yeah, I mean, he's got the arm strength, but he's never really shown. That's why, it, as much as physically he's a fit to play left field in PNC Park, he's just not good enough. It just doesn't work. Uh, I think that right field, he just feels comfortable there. Really made a difference that for him last year when they shifted him back there. So, We'll see. I think it'll help having an above-average defender in center field now with, with Starling Marte, who can kind of do really well in chasing balls down the gap in right center to help Gregory Polanco at times. Um, it's just where is Clint Hurdle going to hit Gregory Polanco in the order? Can you trust him to hit third? I think that a lower a lower leverage spot later in the order could be beneficial for a guy who's trying to bounce back. Well, with, the, with the Dickerson trade now, Lance, how do you see their, their batting order kind of shaping up the, uh, the first five or six batters? 
It's going to be interesting because if they keep Josh Harrison, which I think they're going to for at least a bit, the market will dry. I think Harrison hits leadoff. As much as he's kind of free swinging, which frustrates Clint Hurdle, he gets on base. You know, I know the hit by pitch numbers kind of, you know, bump that number up a little bit, especially last season. But those count he, too. He's a spark. <laughs> he's a spark just the way with he play, the way he plays, what he can do on the bases. I think after him, you have Mar- you have Marte at two. Perhaps Corey Dickerson at three, Josh Bell at four, Colin Moran at five. Maybe you put Gregory Polanco at six. You know, just just to play around a little bit. And this is something that we're going to start seeing throughout spring training. Hurdle's going to play with some lineup cards. But from what he said, the first you know two weeks of spring training, it sounds like Marte is going to be at two and Bell is going to be at four. So the other pieces are going to be kind of put together beyond, around those two. And that's not. A terrible lineup. I know a lot of people are looking at this team at the start of this week. Say, oh, they're gonna they're gonna lose 110 games or 120 games. That's just not reality. It's not. Uh, of course, injuries can can severely affect that, but that's the case with almost any club in Major League Baseball. You know, you unless can't... you're the Yankees or Red Sox, and you can just go out and you know spend freely. Yeah, and you can, or you or you're willing to go trade prospects. You know, in the middle of the season to, to fill up a hole that's created. By an injury, uh, I think starting rotation is one spot that can't afford an injury. I think the bullpen is has the potential to actually be really good, despite them losing Juan Nicasio in the middle of last year and not bringing back Tony Watson either. Um, they got a couple of guys at, in those trades with involving Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon, so there's depth there, and their bench is really good. It was terrible last season. I think people forgot how John Jaso and Jose Osuna were being trotted out <laughs> in the outfield when. Neither of them had any business playing the outfield, so this is probably, I would think, one of the one of the better off, better overall depth situations Clint Hurdle's had in a couple of years. So, in your eyes, as they as they start playing spring training games right now, are they a better team, at least on paper, right now than they were last year? Um, I, I won't say that just because you, you're losing your top of the t- rotation starter with Garrett Cole. I know that he gave up 31 homers last year, but he's still Garrett Cole. Him having him at the top of that rotation is the difference, and it's the career high in innings, just what he's able to, to accomplish to help your bullpen. And you're losing Andrew McCutcheon. I, I, I'm not sold yet on Corey Dickerson. It is an upgrade based on, you know, it's an upgrade over Adam Frazier because the team needed power, but the defense, I, I don't know if it'll play well in left field. He was really bad in the second half last season, so we'll see. Uh, but, but let's remember, Lance, they were work. playing 80 games with, as you just said, John Jaso and. and... Uh, you know, a cast of hundreds out in the outfield. The guys, they were bringing, bringing guys up from the minors and putting them in the outfield. Yeah, and that was, and that was a big problem. And it was, and the young starters weren't, they weren't taking up enough innings, just taxing the bullpen. You had a, just a nonstop, you know, train back and forth between AAA and Pittsburgh to get guys, you know, to get fresh guys up there to help Clint Hurdle. Uh, it's a very good question, Dale. I'm going to say no for now, but hey, with Corey Dickerson, Maybe if, if he hits 27 home runs, then yeah, I, I do think that. Because I think the starting rotation is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. I think those young guys who pitched all those innings last year for the Pirates are going to take that big step forward. And James and Tyon could be an ace. And, and if he pitches like an ace, if he pitches better than Garrett Cole did last year, then, hey, I mean, it, it's tough to argue with that. Yeah, I, I think they have the potential. And that, that's a... It's a nasty word, potential, uh, because you know it raises those expectations. But I think right now the expectations with this team are so low. Uh, we were just looking online at the tickets for the for the the opening uh, game. Opening game are still available. 
Yeah, that's unheard of in the last couple of years, even even going into last season. I think a lot of the fans get caught up with what the other teams in the division do, um, what what the Cubs went out and got when they get you Darvish or, you know, the Brewers getting Christian Yelich, and, and that – that's valid, you know. Those two, those two, those teams, as well as the Cardinals, who got Marcelo Zuna, they made big moves and that they got better. But I think that the Pirates didn't just sit back. And I know that you, you, you hate to hear the same line about them going internally. They want their guys that they draft and develop to get more playing time. But the guys they drafted and developed and are going to get more playing time, I think, are better than a lot of those free agents out there. And I'm talking about Trevor Williams or, or Chad Cool. I'm not going to give $10 million to Jaime Garcia to be in the rotation when you have those guys. It just, it is playing with monopoly, monopoly money a little bit when you're talking about spending money just to spend money. I think the way they approached it, yeah. There were holes they could have filled in free agency with some of the guys that were out there at a reasonable price. But Neil Huntington did well in the Garrett Cole trade with the return they got and getting Dickerson. The McCutcheon trade, I don't agree with as much. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how those things play out. And, we'll, of course, uh, uh, be watching a lot of those guys this year playing the minors. I mean, there's only a couple of the guys that they acquired in the Cole and McCutcheon trades that are going to be major league players this year, but they will be major league players. It's going to be what some of those younger guys do, some of the uh, the other guys that they acquired in that trade that's going to be the long-term uh, effects of that trade. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Lance, thank you for coming on. Uh, I know you got some some uh, business to do here uh, over at DK Pittsburgh Sports, so we can, we'll allow you to get back to that, uh, but I appreciate your time. Thanks, Dale. Anytime. All right, we'll see you. He is Lance Lysowski. Uh You're listening to Dale Lolly. I'm over at the uh, Island Sports Complex, the RMU Island Sports Complex, where Robert Morris hosts Air Force tonight in a big, uh, big Atlantic Hockey Conference game. And, uh, of course, uh, the Game starts at 7.05 tonight. Pre-game starts at 6.50. Mike Pursuta, Tim Benz will be bringing you that game right here on these airwaves. Uh, of course, we've also got Brian LaMartina down at Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour from 6 to 7 here on ESPN 970. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, the as I said, the, the, uh, the game here against the Air Force will be heard on these very airwaves. Um, of course, with everything that's made... Uh, all these moves this week that have happened here. Of course, the big news today being this, the Penguins acquiring Derek Broussard from the Senators in a uh, major, major NHL trade that, uh, um, you know, we'll see if that puts them over the top. Uh, they sent out Ian Cole, Philippe Gustafsson. Uh, he's a, a goaltending prospect in their first-round pick in next year's draft, or this year's draft, I should say. Uh, we'll see if that puts them over the top. We'll see if the Penguins are done making deals uh, as the trade deadline approaches at 3 o'clock on Monday. Uh, uh, but uh, certainly they've given them both uh, the Pirates and Penguins have given us a lot to talk about here over the last week. And uh, we're going to have uh, Derek Schooley, the uh, Robert Morris hockey coach, joining us here in the next segment. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to ESPN 970. And we're back on ESPN 970. We're here at the RMU Island Sports Complex. Unlike Adam, apparently. I drink and I don't know things. At least that's what people tell me. I'm Dale Lolly, uh, sitting in for Adam Crowley. Uh, of course, uh, we're here, as I mentioned, at the RMU Island Sports Complex. Robert Morris will host Air Force tonight. Uh, and, of course, also tomorrow night, both games being at 7.05. Uh, tonight being the first of that two-game series to close out their conference schedule. Uh, the AHC Conference Tournament begins March 2nd. This game will help, or this uh, set of games will help decide whether Robert Morris plays those games 
here at the RMU Island Sports Complex, or if they have to go on the road. Uh, I believe uh, as we sit here now, uh, Air Force in third place in the conference, uh, Robert Morris in fifth place, but that's how close they are. These four points available in this game can make a big difference. Uh, the Penguins uh, trying to make a big difference in their roster over the weekend. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them, uh, but they've already acquired Derek Broussard from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they sent out Ian Cole, Philip Gustafson, and uh, their first-round pick. Um, we'll see how that works out for them, but the, the uh the Penguins down in Carolina tonight. And uh, presently here we're going to be joined by Robert Morris uh, head coach uh, Jim Schooley. And we'll see uh, – or I'm sorry, Derek Jim's Where am I getting Jim Schooley at? Is he a pitcher for somebody or something? I don't know. Uh, but it's Derek Schooley. Uh, he's in his 14th season here at Robert Morris. Uh, kind of basically created this program for, for Robert Morris, uh, for lack of a better uh, term here. But uh, Robert Morris uh, certainly uh, – um, has turned this into a uh, they've, they've put Robert Morris on the map with this hockey program whether people in Pittsburgh realize that or not but this is this is something here that uh, that they've created that uh, they just as we we mentioned uh, in, the, in uh, the previous hour when we brought on Luke Lynch uh, he being a Shaler kid uh, playing here at Robert Morris uh, the opportunity for for Pittsburgh kids to come here and play division one college hockey is huge um, and so uh uh, if, if you haven't been out here to see a game, come on out. Uh, tonight will be the last uh, two nights uh, for the, uh, the the regular season to get a chance to do that. Um, but getting back to the uh, the Broussard trade, um, you know, looking at what this does for the Penguins, it certainly helps them from an offensive standpoint. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we'll, we'll see that when he uh, when he joins the team, whenever that may be. I would doubt that it's either it's not going to be tonight, uh, and it's probably not going to be tomorrow night either. Um, but we'll see when, when uh, sometime next week when he gets uh, joins rejoins the team or joins the team I should say, um, you know how he fits in. Obviously, probably the third line center. But now what has to happen is there's going to be some shuffling among the, uh, the the defensive defensemen on this team, and we'll see. Uh, you know, Ian Cole wasn't necessarily playing a lot of minutes necessarily for the Penguins, uh, but. I think there's some fallout there in terms of the pecking order of the rest of the defensemen that needs to be seen. Uh, so we'll see how that works out for the Penguins. Um, interesting, interesting report today uh, from the NFL Network, uh, switching gears a little bit here. Um, Ian Rappaport reporting that the, the, the Steelers um, are now listening to potential trade deals for Martavis Bryant. Um, I can tell you right now, Martavis Bryant, well, more. I am 99.9% sure that Martavis Bryant will be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018. Uh, there's several reasons for that. While the while the Steelers are, I'm sure, are you know potentially listening to trade offers for Martavis Bryant, much like they would listen to trade offers for pretty much anybody on their roster. Somebody calls up and says, "Hey, uh, we want to offer you a, a, a trade." Okay, you listen. That doesn't mean you're going to make the deal. Um, you know, now if they say, "Hey, we want to make you a trade offer for Ben Roethlisberger," or "We want to make you a trade offer for Antonio Brown," no, you're not going to listen to that. But, you know, if they call up and say, "Hey, we want to make you," a, would you be interested in trading Bud Dupree, uh, for example? I'm just going to throw that that one out there. This, this is this is just a scenario. You say, "Okay, yeah, what do you, what would you what would you give us for him?" Um, you now, if they say, "Yeah, we'll give you a sixth round draft pick," again. We're just speculating here. We're just throwing stuff against the wall. Then, no, you just say no. Uh, but the problem with Martavis Bryant, 
is, is a couple. There are a couple different problems with attempting to trade Martavis Bryant. First of all, he's he's going into the final year of his contract, and he's he's at a very club friendly deal at seven hundred and five thousand dollars this year. So, the Steelers, who don't have a ton of salary cap space, are about uh, right around six million, six and a half million under the salary cap right now. And the salary cap still hasn't been set yet uh, in terms of what it's going to be for the 2018 season. That won't happen until sometime, probably not next week, but the week after that, after they get done with the combine. So they've got a couple more weeks before that happens. Free agency opens on March 14th. So everybody has to be under the cap by the time free agency opens. That's when the new league season starts. So you've got a guy on your roster who is a very club-friendly contract, $705,000, for a guy as... Much as you wanted to say he, he kind of underachieved last year and didn't play up to the standards that we thought he was going to, he had 50 catches for you for 630-some yards and three touchdowns. Those 50 catches matched his career high. They matched his career high. So you've got a starting wide receiver in Martavis Bryant. If you trade him away for a draft pick, who's replacing him? Um, you've got some other guys on the, you know, Eli Rogers is, is, a, is a restrictive free agent, and they're probably not going to tender him an offer. He's recovering from an ACL injury. You're not going to, you're not going to make him a tender offer, and he's not Martavis Bryant. Um, the other thing is, what is the offer for Martavis Bryant going to be? Again, he's under a one-year deal, but you're talking about a guy who's been suspended twice, including the entire 2016 season. So anybody that's going to make you an offer for him knows going into it that he's one strike away from another lengthy suspension. Uh, so you're not going to get uh, – he was a fourth-round draft pick. You're not getting anything above a fourth-round draft pick for him. You're probably not getting a fifth-round draft pick for him. Anybody who offers you anything for him is probably going to be a conditional seventh or something like that, and that's just not worth it. Uh, now, if if somebody comes in and bowls you over and says, hey, we'll give you our, our fourth-round pick for Martavis Bryant, maybe you think about it. Or if they come in and say, hey, we'll give you our, a starting inside linebacker for Martavis Bryant and the money works out, maybe you think about it. But it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to do that. These other guys, these other teams aren't dumb. They can see the, the situation, and there's going to be other guys available on the free agent market. So, you know, for a guy who's who's got some strikes against him, who's got some check marks against him, in addition to having some check marks in his favor, I thought he played better down the stretch last year. Uh, he seemed to finally get back into a better comfort level. Uh, you keep him around for another year and then see where you're at. But uh, I just don't see that happening. I don't see any kind of trade coming down the line. Uh, but the the, the news, or, or quote, with, with air quotes around it, that they're listening to trade offers for him, that's not really news. I mean, they do that all the time. Teams call all the time about guys. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to move them. It just means that you listen. And that doesn't mean that you're shopping them. You're just listening. If somebody calls you up and says, hey, uh, you know, here's what we'd like to offer you, and you say, no, I'm sorry, we're going to hang on to them for now. Maybe they call back later and, and sweeten the pot. Maybe they don't. But you don't just say uh, you know, unequivocally, no, we're not interested in trading that guy. Maybe you do that with Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe you do that with Antonio Brown, Cam Hayward, a few other guys on the roster. But everybody else, they're all replaceable. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. I, I don't expect anything. Of course, the NFL Combine taking place next week. You can hear that all week long on these very airwaves from basically from 10 o'clock till 3 uh, every day on these very airwaves, starting on Wednesday 
Uh, we're going to do shows Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from Indianapolis. That'll be uh, myself, Jerry Dulac, Matt Williamson handling those shows. And then, of course, we'll have a show on uh, Friday or Saturday morning as well from 10 to noon. Uh, so uh, if you want to get caught up on everything that's happening at the NFL Combine, you can hear that right here on ESPN. I'm Dale Lally sitting in today for Adam Crowley out at the RMU Island Sports Complex. The number to join us here is 412-919-1316. The, uh, of course, the, the Robert Morris hockey team plays tonight at 7. The pregames for that starts at 6.50 on these very airwaves. You can hear the game right here. Before that, uh, starting at 6 o'clock, we've got Brian Martina down at the Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour from 6 to 7 or 6.50 uh, as it is. And uh, so you can listen to that as well. Uh, but we'll be right back in just a moment on ESPN 970. Welcome back to ESPN 970. I'm Dale Lolly sitting in today for Adam Crowley. And, uh, of course, uh, we're here at the RMU Island Sports Complex and uh, happy to be joined by uh, Robert Morris, Colonials men's hockey coach, Derek Schooley. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. You guys have a big uh, big set tonight uh, in tomorrow. Yeah, two uh, our last two regular season games. Obviously, uh, a lot of playoff implications. We win both or get three points. We get a first-round bye. Anything less than that, and we're playing next weekend in the first round. And usually we're not uh, accustomed to playing in the first round, but uh, we've had kind of an up-and-down season this year and want to end on a good note. And if uh, we do our job this weekend, we will enjoy a weekend off and wait for uh, our next opponent. If that's not enough uh, to kind of let the guys know what's what's at stake here, I mean, this is an Air Force team that beat you guys in the conference championships last year. I don't think I have to tell them that. I think they remember (laughs) that. I think... You know, I think the the one thing that everybody remember you get up for 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 rivalry games and uh, Air Force. Is, I got a tremendous amount of respect for for the Air Force Academy. I worked there for five years. Uh, really good friends with the the coaches and staff and everybody there. But uh, obviously, it's hockey and uh, the players play. And um, we've got a six, 15, 16, and five record or something that amount of ties with them. But they're one game over five hundred, and the the one game was a a conference championship game we beat them and knocked them out of the playoffs in about 2006 in a first round game i would trade that for the conference <laughs> championship last year if they would like to i don't think they will but uh, i would have traded that in a heartbeat it's interesting uh when you when you talk about the air force academy and you don't necessarily think of the air force academy as having a a, a college hockey program but well, yet, They've, got, they've had a very strong program. They've been to about five or six NCAA tournaments in the last ten years. and uh, Frank's done a great job there. They've had uh, Hobie Baker, uh, finalist in, uh, final three, and Eric Ean. Shane Sterrett, uh, the goalie that, that single-handedly, in my opinion, uh, besides their two goals, we outshot 25-13 to 13 and lose 2-1. to one. Um, Sherrett, Shane Sterrett signed with the Edmonton Oilers and was uh, goalie of the week in the American Hockey League this year. So they do have some quality players. They've got uh, uh, they've got uh, good coaching staff there in a beautiful location. And I'm not on here to pump Air Force's tires, but uh, uh, they they're a good program. And uh, we've got we've got our workout out for us tonight, and we're both uh, one point different. So it should be a fun, exciting weekend. I'm excited for this weekend. I think it'll be a good weekend to to see kind of. Uh, uh, where we uh, line up going into our league playoffs, and, and the, the point with being that this is this is a big game, and, and they're going to if people come out here to, to see these games tonight or tomorrow night, they're going to see quality hockey, uh, quality Division One hockey, and um, 
this is our last chance, possibly uh, before the uh, before the playoffs start, March second. Uh, hopefully, you hope that it's not their last chance to see hockey here. But but certainly, it's uh, if you haven't been out here to see a game. Get your butt out here. Uh, the Penguins are out of town this weekend. Tomorrow's Tomorrow senior this. night. Yeah. And we got a great group of seniors that are, are graduating. Come out and see Brady Ferguson, who's a uh, one point away from our all, being our all-time leading scorer. He attended the Penguins development camp. There's a very good chance uh, that he's going to sign an NHL contract after this year's over. Uh, we've got a great group of seniors that have won a lot of hockey games. And like you said, uh, good hockey. Uh, Air Force beat uh, Denver, who uh, won the national championship. Air Force is... Uh, we beat uh, Lake Superior, who's won four national championships. Lost to Providence, lost to Ohio State, both by one goal, and they're in the top seven right now. So this is quality hockey with uh, some future maybe professional hockey players on the ice. Now, we had uh, Luke Lynch on earlier. And... Sorry to hear that. <laughs> he was great, actually. It's, it's interesting for me, especially for to talk to a local kid, um, about the opportunity to be able to play hockey in his hometown. And that doesn't happen for a lot of these guys. I mean, they're just, especially, uh, I mean, since you guys have built this program here and have, have built it into what it is, uh, you offer that opportunity for a lot of these young men. Yeah, we want to keep the best players at home. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get them all. And I want to make sure that if they're going to come here, being a local kid, they're going to have success. So we're, um, it doesn't do me any good to take a local kid and uh, as a fifth liner and uh, <laughs> just to say he's on the hockey team and, uh, but I think uh, our, all the kids that we've taken have had tremendous amount of success. If Brady gets his one point, if he doesn't get his one point in the next uh, two games and in playoffs, we're in big trouble. So when he gets his next point, he will pass uh, Luke's brother Zach for our all-time leading scorer. Zach from Pittsburgh, uh, Luke from Pittsburgh. We had Alex Dagnall, who's a senior from Pittsburgh. Michael Loria played his youth hockey here. Jacob Coleman's from right down the road in Moon Township. So we've got a, a really good number, and we've always had probably four to six Pittsburgh kids on our hockey team. And you got to get the, keep the best kids at home. Now, obviously, though, you can't just recruit here. You have to recruit nationwide and into Canada to be good at this. Um, What's the draw? What's what's the what do you how, what do you use to bring the kids in here? We've got a tremendous school. Um, we've got a tremendous business program at, at Robert Morris, and you're in Moon Township, which feels like a very small committee community. Feels like it's uh, not in a large city, but if you want the big city life, it's only 15 minutes away. And Pittsburgh's a, a big draw. Um, the the city itself, uh, the up and coming aspect of the city, as far as um, the business. Uh, uh, relationships with uh, FedEx and Bear and Dicks, and you go down the list of, of things that are draws for the city of Pittsburgh, and uh, th- those are things that uh, uh, really make people excited to come here. And, and then you throw a, a program that's been in the top ten in the nation, uh, winning percentage-wise, in the last five years. That's what people don't get, that we've got it, going into this year, we're number ten in the nation in winning percentage in college hockey in the last uh, five years, which is in my opinion, we've got some big boys behind us. The Michigan States, who, who uh, prominent uh, names. We've got. You don't some, tell Mike Pursuit of that. Do oh you? yeah, we tell Mike that all <laughs> the time. I bring that up to Mike, and, and he gets it. He knows. He knows. So. Uh, Coach, if if you are able to get the sweep tonight, um, or t- sweep today and tomorrow, where does that put you at? What what's that, what does that do for you? We can finish anywhere. It's there's ten points from the last place team to the first place team, and there's eleven teams there. <laughs> so if we get uh, 
Um, if we go and we can get uh, two points this weekend, we're going to be in the. We could be anywhere between three and five if we get four points this weekend. Um, we can finish anywhere between three and eight right now. So it uh, there's a, a slim. There's like one percent chance we could finish second. But we could really realistically uh, anywhere between three and eight, depending on the results this weekend. Not just ours, but other players as well, other teams as well. That really should uh, that. that I'm sure makes it difficult for you kind of maybe looking down because the players can't look down the road at, at possible potential playoff matchups. But as a coach, you kind of have to, okay, if we do this, we're going to play these guys, and you got to start thinking about those kind of things. Well, you want to go a can't. step farther. <laughs> you you got to know what what's going on without the league going into uh, the third period tomorrow night because you could have a tie, and if you lose, not fall back in the standings, but if you win, you could jump up in the standings to where you could potentially pull your goalie in a tie game. Uh, we did that uh, probably about four years ago. It was us at Mercyhurst, and it was a race to see. We both needed to win to climb spots, and we were both going to – it was a game of chicken in overtime to see who was going to pull the goalie. And I looked up, and next thing you know, they're playing six on five in our end, and I'm like, oh, good, because I was going to pull our goalie. We missed two shots at their um, at their empty net. They hit a goal post, and then we went back down, and I had our goalie coming to the bench. We were going to play six on six with no goalie in the net. That would have been interesting. Uh, yeah, you don't so, see that too often. No, and <laughs> both teams needed to win, and um, it it, uh, it put some interesting dynamics in tomorrow. I need a mathematician on the bench with me tomorrow. Uh, uh, one of those, one of those uh, uh, analytics guys on the bench telling me if you do this, this, and this. And, well, I'm sure we'll have it all figured out going into the game tomorrow. You need to get somebody from the computer science uh, department, send them over. Uh, there, you know what? You can find everything on the Internet. And there's, there's one of those sites which I know exactly what uh, needs to go down. Well, Derek, uh, we wish you luck tonight. And, uh, uh, again, it, the uh, Robert Morris hockey team plays tonight at 7.05 against Air Force. Do it again tomorrow. Senior night. Uh, senior night. Uh, get, out, get on out here to the RMU uh, Island Sports Complex. Great facility. Uh, again, you want to come out and see some high-level hockey, here it is. Uh, and, we're uh, expecting big crowds both nights, so get here early. Should be good. Should be good stuff. Thank uh, you for Derek, we me. appreciate you coming on. That's Derek Shuley, head hockey coach here at Robert Morris University. And, of course, they have the big games tonight. I'm Dale Lally sitting in this uh, for Adam Crowley. And, of course, uh, you, you can hear that Robert Morris hockey game right here on these airwaves. Pre-game starts with Mike Pursuta and Tim Benz at 6.50. Uh, before that, you'll hear the Bud Light Happy Hour with Brian Lee Martina down at the uh, Carson City Saloon, and uh, the yeah, Robert Morris game will end. They'll they'll drop the puck at 7:05. The NFL made a little uh, move today, uh, awarding its 32 compensatory draft choices to 15 clubs. The Pittsburgh Steelers were not one of them. I'm I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, if you look at what was doled out this year, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, and Oakland Raiders all got four compensatory picks. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans got three each. Minnesota got two, and then a bunch of teams got one. But the Steelers were not one of those. I was, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I thought maybe because of the Lawrence Timmons contract, because of the, the uh, Marcus Wheaton contract, they would at least get something in there, maybe a, maybe a fourth, maybe a fifth, somewhere in that range. Uh, because they really didn't go out and sign anybody. Joe Hayden was signed, brought in, but he was he was a uh, a cut, so those don't count in terms of what the uh, compensatory picks are. Um, so really, the only major signings that the Steelers made of, of other teams' uh, free agents uh, was Tyson Alualu, and I wouldn't think that that would have canceled out uh, the signing the uh, the losses of, of Timmons or Wheaton. 
but apparently the league thought otherwise, and I know the Steelers uh, were kind of banking on getting uh, another compensatory pick. That's why they made some of the trades that they did last uh, last offseason and even into training camp because they felt like uh, they would get at least one of those picks back. Well, that did not happen. Uh, looks like uh, four of those picks are at the end of the third round. And remember, this year as well, uh, those picks can now be traded. That that couldn't happen in the past. So the Cardinals got the top uh, overall selection. They've got the, the top cons- uh, compensatory pick. They get the 97th pick overall. Uh, Houston got uh, the next one at 98, Denver at 99, and then Cincinnati got the 100th pick overall in the draft as a compensatory pick. The Bengals, of course, uh, that being the, the team in the Steelers' division, they get that that extra third-round pick. They get an extra fifth-round pick, which is right at the end of the fifth round, uh, number pick number 170. Uh, and then they got two seventh-round selections as well. So the Steelers uh, uh, not making out in that. I'm, I'm looking here to see who Cincinnati lost. Uh, they lost Rex Burkhead, Carlos Dansby, uh, Margus Hunt, Demata Pecco, uh, Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler, of course, two of those guys starting offensive linemen. They really paid for that uh, this year as they went seven and nine. And their only signings were Kevin Minter and Andre Smith. So uh, I could see them getting some picks out of that. But again, I'm a little surprised that the Steelers didn't at least get something in this compensatory pick. Uh, and if you're wondering who some of the uh, guys that the Steelers have gotten over the years in those compensatory picks. William Gay was a compensatory pick. Kelvin Beecham was a uh, compensatory pick. Vince Williams was a compensatory pick. And Willie Colon. So you're talking about four guys who played a lot of games for the Steelers who they acquired as compensatory picks uh, over the years. And so, you know, it's kind of a big deal that they didn't get that pick. And as I mentioned, those picks can be traded uh, now as opposed to in previous years when you got those picks and you couldn't move them. Uh, so the Steelers uh, uh, not making out in that deal uh, in terms of getting a compensatory pick. Uh, the big news, of course, of the day is that the uh, Penguins acquired Derek Broussard from the Senators. Um, they got him for Ian Cole, uh, goaltending prospect Philippe Gustafson, and their first-round pick in this year's draft. The Penguins, of course, in action down in Carolina tonight. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them down there. Um, that's been a, a team that's played them pretty difficultly, uh, pr- pretty tough over the years. Um, they've had some some struggles with them. Um, the big thing with Broussard, though, is he gives you a guy who's a third-line center, uh, you know, 159 career goals, 261 assists, 420 career points, and more. Ju- just as importantly, if not more importantly, you look at his playoff production, um, and <laughs> In 78 games, he has 22 goals and 55 points, uh, including 24 of those uh, games against the Penguins in which he had nine goals and six assists. So a guy who can really help this team, yes, it probably uh, weakened the the Penguins a bit at the blue line. We'll see if they uh, do something there with the loss of Cole. Um, But uh, certainly the the Penguins being active uh, with the trade deadline coming up at – uh, three o'clock on Monday, so we'll see uh, if they, if Jim Rutherford has any more moves uh, in in mind before the uh, the deadline comes. Uh, the Pirates kicking off their uh, their spring training schedule today. Uh, they go down and uh, lose to the Tampa Bay Rays, um, six to three. Uh, but not a lot of uh, guys who are going to be on the uh, the twenty five man roster uh, really played today. Adam Fraser played. Uh, he got three at-bats, uh, went 0 for 2 with a walk. Uh, like Colin Moran, who's probably going to be their starting third baseman, you would expect. Uh, he's part of the uh, the trade uh, for uh, Garrett Cole. 
Uh, he went one for three in this game. Uh, Josh Bell played one zero for two, um, and then you know the other big news: uh, Max Morov played that game as well. But Austin Meadows three for three, a couple of doubles, drove in a couple of runs today, and so a good start for a guy who you know a couple of years ago was considered a, a top ten major league baseball prospect until injuries really just uh, just killed him last year, a uh, hamstring injury, an oblique injury, and so. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe he gets that together. He'll start the year in Triple A. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The uh, Dickerson trade uh, certainly made that possible for them. They can they can ride this out. Let the Meadows, who's still only 22 years old. I mean, he's not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so we'll see uh, we'll see how that works out for him uh, and the Pirates. Uh, but they've got a lot of spring training games coming up, and uh, we'll see uh, how that works out down the road. Uh, of course, uh, you can continue listening right here on these airwaves. I'm Dale Lally sitting in for Adam Crowley. Uh, we'll be uh, shooting on things on over to uh, Brian Lee Martin over at the Carson City Saloon in the Bud Light Happy Hour here at the top of the hour. And then, of course, at 7 o'clock, you can hear the Robert Morris Air Force game right here on these airwaves with Tim Benz, Mike Pursuta, bringing that to you uh, right here on ESPN 970. We thank you for listening from the RMU Island Sports Complex. I'm Dale Lally.